Only gender wars if you're on my side. Let me hear you. Woo! Yeah! If you're on my side, let me hear you. Woo! Okay. I didn't know we were doing that. I didn't either. It just happened. <laughs> Welcome to Gender Wars. This is round two. And before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that we are not here to define the word gender. We are not here to talk about the nuances of gender identity. We are using this as a way, just one way, to engage Scripture. And so this is meant to be a time for us to dive into one of our stories. And this is a time to dive into what our biblical characters are going through and what's written about them and our perceptions of them. So this is a way for us to witness and to show it is a good thing to engage Scripture in different ways um, as long as you fight with it and you wrestle with it and you come out with God's truth for yourself. And so um, it's under that umbrella, it's under that that we are so excited to be here. Um, it is always fun for me to spend a week um, arguing with you, Jeff. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. No, it's fun looking at things from different perspectives. And I think that's my take on this is that we all have, you know, different perspectives. We come from different places, different backgrounds, uh, and that's valid. And we approach scripture with that. And when people say, oh, that's not valid. You can't look at it that way. That's just denies who we are and who God created us to be. So this has been fun. Yeah, we look at things differently, and that's good. <laughs> we really do, and I've actually learned a lot um, from thinking about things and putting on different lenses and putting on the different personas in Scripture. So round one was about uh, Ruth, Ruth and Boaz, and that was um, a really a familiar story and a great way to start. And round two, why not... Follow that up with a very benign, very mundane story like David and Bathsheba. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, when is the last time that you preached on Bathsheba? On Bathsheba? Just Bathsheba. Uh, probably never. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Just in case you don't know the full rounded out story of Bathsheba, we're going to read portions of David and Bathsheba to you today uh, to get us started. Uh, if you want to, you can start in 2 Samuel to get a larger context of David and the life that he had um, going into his life with Bathsheba. It's 2 Samuel, and if you keep reading, um, it's 11, chapters 11 and 12, you can get lost in the drama. You can get lost reading about David and his sons and the family. So if you have some time, um, you can read past 2 Samuel 12 all the way into 1 Kings, and you'll pick Bathsheba back up in the beginning of 1 Kings. We're not going to take the time to read all of that to you. We've picked a few scriptures to highlight. And the first one we want to highlight is the beginning of the um, beginning of the narrative between David and Bathsheba. It's found in 2 Samuel. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel with him. But David remained in Jerusalem. It happened 
Late one afternoon, when David rose from his couch and was walking about on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to inquire about her. And it was reported, this is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he lay with her. And then she returned to her house. The woman conceived and she, came, she was sent and she came back and told David, I'm pregnant. Yeah, that happened. And so, of course, we know after this, um, her husband was sent out to battle by David. David said, well, we have a problem. And David sent the husband into battle. Uh, The husband died. And then David and Bathsheba became a couple. They became married. And then this son that was conceived that we just told you about, that, that child died. Uh, And then a second child came, and that child's name was? Solomon. Very good. You're so smart. It was Solomon. And so there begins the Bathsheba saga. I would just like to say from the front end, um, we read this so that you will know that it was not Bathsheba on the roof. Everybody thinks Bathsheba was on the roof. It was David. David was on the roof. So that's um, one thing to clear up. And here we have um, the beginning of a love drama saga story. Yeah. Battle, does, it, does it turn into that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So what's your take on where we are so far in our story, Jeff? Well, I think the, the challenge for me, just spending some time with David this week, is what... <laughs> The cultural expectations versus his faith expectations. I think that's what was really is really challenging. He's the king. He's supposed to be brave and courageous. He's supposed to uh, work really hard. He's supposed to protect people, uh, provide security. But he's also supposed to be this sort of mythological figure that does what he wants and gets what he wants. And but he's, he's, he's struggling with this relationship that he has with God. He's not an ordinary king. Uh, and I, I'm just kind of uh, curious about the conflict that that creates with him, especially when he sees or has a very human uh, temptation. So for me, it's this whole thing about identity. Her identity keeps coming up. And so it's interesting that you think about God, you know, David is having this struggle of who his human part of him needs him to be and who this divine part needs to be. Because for me, um, he has those choices, and, and Bathsheba didn't have a whole lot of choices in, in her identity. Her identity was much more of she was married, um, she was living her day, and then some choices of hers were taken away from her. Um, and so she didn't really have any choice but to all of a sudden become this take on this new role, this new sense of identity. Um, I'd like to call her queen. I would like to call her mother of a soon-to-be, of the heir to the throne of the kingdom. Um, But those are things that I'm putting onto the story. The story is much more just kind of not giving her the identity as much as David. 
and concentrating on his um, on his struggles. Yeah, the uh, you know reading things into the story, you'd like to kind of think, what were they thinking? What were they doing? And and this identity, yeah, uh, David's just a little kid when he's anointed king. What's that like? And his identity, does he see himself that way, or does he see himself as just a regular person? Um, and then, yeah, you know, he's, he, he's living in this struggle of being the king, and yeah, that's what I want, so I'll take it. Right. And is, is, that, is that really who he is, or is that the expectation of this identity of what the king ought to be? Is he trying to live into that, or is he being true to himself? Is that really who he is? Yeah, I like that, so I'll take it. Yeah. And there's something about David trying to figure out who he is from a young age. So I do honor that. I mean, he's had to have been anointed like three different times. Um, <laughs> and so it's like this constant reminder and almost like a burden or a yoke. Um, so I can kind of see that with David in this particular part. But then I also see Bathsheba is just um, not given the voice. There's so much yeah. more to her yeah. Uh, than what we talk about. And there's so much more that she's about um, than this one moment that's actually written. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that the, the verse that we're, the chapter we're reading from says, in the spring of the year when the kings go to battle and David stays behind. Uh, but this is still chicken. A, a, well, a chicken or, or uh, maybe he's hurt or whatever. So, but he, he sees a, a battle, a conquest. Uh, can, I, can I conquer this uh, desire or, you know, is, is that just uh, part of who he is? And so does for him at the start is Bathsheba just, uh, is, is he, how is, is he attracted to her in other ways where she becomes the queen or is it just somebody? What's well, interesting you use the word conquer because that put me on a different path of, you know, while this whole war is going on that he's trying to win and now he's at war with himself and he's trying to conquer everything in front of him while his men do so on his behalf somewhere else. So it's a real interesting way to think about that. Um, yeah, I hadn't, the, the word conquest kind of comes, conjures up different things in yeah. my brain about that yeah. a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, and I think Bathsheba really gets, I think, hit from both sides because here's the king who sees somebody uh, ask for her to come to him. I mean, can you refuse that if you're somebody like Bathsheba? She has I, no choice. I, right. And then, but uh, Uriah, the, the storyline is that uh, David tries to make all this right after he finds out she's pregnant. So right. he brings Uriah home and says, lay with your wife so this will look like it's your child. It's not. And Uriah won't do that. And so Uriah Because he's is, following the rules that David he set He is, out. but he's, he's uh, but poor Bathsheba, uh, here's, here's her husband who won't uh, come to her because he's loyal to the king uh, and not to her. And here's David that just sort of takes advantage of her. And so... You know, who, who's, who's got her back? Um, and so, but I think that's the, the, the struggle that, uh, you know, this time has the expectations on the identity of a soldier and of a king and of a, a wife, a lady. And the person I think that really holds both of them accountable and shows that there are consequences to the action is Nathan. Yeah. This incredible prophet, Nathan. Yeah. who is the representative of God who finds David and says, David, what you did is wrong. Mm -hmm. And God knows what you did. 
and um, you're, you're king, but we also know, uh, you know, through Nathan, that you will have a consequence. There are um, problems that you've created. And in fact, I think the word is that the sword will never be, uh, the sword will always be in your house. Your household will always be yeah. divided by the sword. Yeah. And so it suggests that because of David, um, there's this angst that will always live within the family. And it does. If you read the story out, you will see that there's so many other issues with the sons of David. They all get mad at each other. Um, And the person who holds Bathsheba accountable, too, is Nathan. Because Nathan, um, you said got her back a little bit. Nathan supports her later. Yeah. You know, later on in the story, we we miss Bathsheba altogether. She kind of goes away. When she gives birth to Solomon, we lose her. We lose what she's doing. And then she comes back later in the story. When Nathan goes to her, the prophet, and says, it's your time now. Mm -hmm. It's your time that you can write the story differently. And Bathsheba does. And now we have this whole other part and I'm, let's read the second part now that we're there um, of what happens next. And this comes in 1 Kings. Um, so this is after you've been reading about some of the other sons. It says, "Summon King David answered, summon Bathsheba to me. So she can come into the king's presence and stand before the king. And the king swore saying, as the Lord lives, who has saved my life from every adversity, As I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, your son Solomon shall succeed me as king, and he shall sit on the throne in my place. The only reason this happened, all of the other sons of David were fighting for power, and one of them had already nominated themselves (laughs) as king. Like, I'm king. My dad's not going to make it, so you can come bow down to me. And Nathan said, that's not right. Bathsheba, this is your time to, to... change history. And so she did. She went in and said, David, you remember, you promised me that our son Solomon would become king. And now one of your other sons is claiming it. And so um, David said, yes, you're right. And Nathan confirmed that and said, it is Solomon that will be king. None of the other, um, none of the other heirs have a right and so I love this idea um, that it's the son Solomon that got to see the fruition of all of David's work. It's Bathsheba's uh, work in the life of her son, despite the situation that happened, in spite of all of the, the problems and the victimization that happened, it was Bathsheba who reclaimed it to say, this is a life for good, and this is a life worth Um, changing and saving. And so she did so. Um, Whenever Nathan asked her to, she did. And so I like to think that she has much more to say in a story than we give her credit for. Yeah, it's fascinating because you do, you have all these people vying for uh, their child to become king and Bathsheba wins. So what does that say about her? What does it say about her relationship with David? What does it say about how David sees her? Is he scared of her? Oh no, Bathsheba's on the warpath. I got to give her what she wants. Or, Or what is it about her strength that, that David goes, you're right. Or is it guilt uh, that David says, yeah, she deserves it? Or, 
I think that's the, 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 again, the struggle that I see with David is this balance of divine and human. Not that he was a god, but he was the king. And so he had all of these expectations, but he's balancing that with a human part of himself that God noticed as a young child, but I think was in conflict the whole time that he was uh, a king trying to to live up to people's expectations, but also uh, follow God in the way that he feels called uh, to do. But what, what I think about when you say that is that portion of scripture where David, you know, um, God is talking to David and saying, I would have given you anything you asked for. Why do you feel the need to take and take and take yeah. at the cost of people? Yeah. When I've already promised you, I will help you. I will give you what you need if you simply ask. You don't have to hurt and make a wake in your yeah. path. And I think that that's the, 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 uh, the, this human struggle yeah. that we have. I'm, I'm reminded of the seventh chapter of Romans where Paul says, the very thing I want to do, I can't do. I can't make myself do the right thing, the good thing. The very thing I hate about myself is what I do. And, and David just makes a mess of all of the really close personal relationships uh, in his life. But I don't think he does that by choice. It's this human struggle, this battle, I think, that we all face of living into what we think people expect versus, you know, trying to, to please and honor and follow God with our lives. Yeah. And I think that's what translates it's the idea that God anoints humanity to do something bigger than themselves with God's help. And along the way, there are problems. And along the way, there's going to be drama. Yeah. And along the way, there are going to be stories that you don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yet, that divine nature, if we continue to fight for it and wrestle with it, the divine nature still is there. And that's really what we are trying to draw more onto. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've David been feel that. following stories of, of folks that are in this lineage of Jesus. Uh, and it's amazing how this lineage of Jesus is, you know, just full of folks that just stumble all over themselves to, to do the right thing. So did you pick up on that? So we're following the story of David, uh, story, the lineage of Jesus. So let's read what happens in Matthew. I'm reading from the Gospel of Matthew. It's the very first chapter. There are a ton. There, um, we're going to see it on the screens. There's a list and a list and a list. I have edited some of those words so that we get the heart. Listen to this. An account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, who was the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth. Ruth was our first gender war. We talked about her. She is now in the lineage of Jesus. And Obed the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of King David, the one who had, um, who struggled and now David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. 
father of Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who's called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And so all of a sudden we have this messy story. We have this drama story that we have sensationalized in many ways, but we have this woman making in the lineage of Jesus. And for me this week, I've spent a lot of time with Bathsheba. And you can talk to anyone in the Chapel Roswell team. They know that we've been talking about Bathsheba and David constantly this week <laughs> and going back and forth. And for me, I think that's the, the truth that I came back to was reclaiming the story and identity of Bathsheba. And Bathsheba, uh, if, I, if I put on my, um, my, my victim hat for a little bit, it's to say that there is absolutely nothing in your life that will keep you from being in the lineage of our Lord. So there is nothing in our lives, there's no victimization that would keep us from being called beloved child of God. And I think Bathsheba does that for us. There's so much more to her narrative and there's so much more to her story um, that's left out and that we don't know. And that's the part I think for me, I was able to hold on to and say, it's through her that I'm reminded that I will be named as a part of the lineage of a Messiah that I claim. And there's great power and great hope in that. Um, God doesn't cause the victim. God doesn't want abuse. Um, But those do not keep you from the love and the grace of God to make you an important part of the story. How about you? Yeah, I think I think for me that um, that, that that that's powerful, and and you know, trying to find a, a voice uh, for Bathsheba and to see that there, and to to hear that, and to to share that. I think the the challenge uh, that I got out of this for all of us is is this balance of this divine quality, the Holy Spirit, the God, the power of God at work in our lives. Uh, but it, but of our choices, our human choices, we we're faced with situations, and you know sometimes we make bad choices, and and those do have a wide range of impact on people. Uh, and living in that balance of of uh, being human, but wanting and desiring uh, to walk in the the path that God has for us is is a challenge for all of us. Yeah, and I think that's why Bathsheba and David um, are included, is to give us hope that um, there are others who have come before us who have made the same struggles. Yeah. Um, And so we hope, we (laughs) hope that there's some part of this that you can cling to and that you can claim as your own story. Um, I hope that there's a part of David that you can feel. to wrestle with the human versus divine, and that there's a part of Bathsheba's identity and voice that you can cling on to um, so that it can speak to you as you engage the world. And so thank you, Jeff, as always.
Thanks, Mary. Oh, for being willing to be a part of this. In case we didn't make it clear enough, we're kind of following the lineage of Jesus. So um, if you want to know what round three is, if you want to try to guess it, you need to read uh, Matthew and see if you can guess the next gender war. <laughs> All right. It's in the spirit of worship that we engage scripture, and it's in that same spirit that we engage God in prayer. So join me for a moment of prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, we thank you so much for the many people that you've given us. We thank you for all of the characters and all of the stories and all of the opinions and interpretations. But we thank you, Lord, for truth. And we thank you for inspiring us in different ways to see your truth for our lives. Wherever we are, Lord, may you meet us there. And may you help us take the next step into our story with you. For the many people, Lord, who are struggling with sickness or illnesses, are not sure what's in front of them, we ask that you be with them. For the many people, Lord, who are just struggling with some type of abuse or temptations or addictions, Lord, we ask that you be with them. May you help us collectively be um, a part of decisions and hope and healing in new ways. We ask that you remind all of us how important it is to be a community together and an honest community together. And so we thank you for your forgiveness and all that we've done. We thank you for the grace to let us try again. And we thank you for the power that is available for us every day. We ask all of this, Lord, in the name of your Son. Amen.